just to say thanks so much, everyone, uh, for coming, spending the next hour with us. Um, hopefully, it's going to be a time that we can uh, do some learning, be information, but also some inspiration for all of us, um, just as we're serving in churches. I would love to know, as we kick off, who is a worship leader in their church? Just give us a show of hands. Great. So that's just over half the team. Um, great. Uh, this is the worship uh, seminar, just in case... <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that if you're not a worship leader, you shouldn't be here. I'm just saying I did joke with a few people that just, hey, straight in here, um, regardless of what seminar it is. So evangelism is next door if anyone yeah, is in the wrong one. But, oh, okay, great. Yeah, we'll pray now and you can exit. No, um, no we're going to have fun, uh, fun together. Um, in a minute, I'm going to ask Ian to come and... Um, sing for us um which he's not used to doing but um no and he's just going to share a little bit of a story behind one of the new songs um but that's not all we do um elim sound uh, as you know is our national department for worship in elim and uh, we've had a privilege of serving uh, the elim movement churches church leaders worship leaders who's a pastor in this uh, seminar yeah, sorry, this is, that's a little bit of the, yeah, we shouldn't be, yeah, we should be here. Uh, we shouldn't be in any other meeting right now but um, <laughs> that we got excused from. Um, but just a, a couple more questions. Who is still, um, who's doing uh, in-person and, uh, who's doing in-person meetings? Is that most of us? Who's doing just online at the moment? Who's doing the hybrid thing? Great. Um, just, um, I, I said only a couple, right? Who, who uses uh, videos or CDs for leading worship? Okay, just sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there's no shame in that at all. We're just, we're just interested. Because I was just going to say that one of the things that we put together is just a database of, um, a database? Yeah, of, of worship songs that people have been able to use over the COVID period. And in fact, we've had over 300 churches accessing that to help them with their online production. It's not all us. It was just, you know, sifting through and sometimes people sending us some, you know, video recordings of individual worship songs or collections of songs. You know, and it's been great to see how we've been able to resource the churches wider, um, you know, in, in that. And that was a really interesting journey for us as well, just to say, wow, there is this need for not only online, but also some people are still um, running their online, so just online services and how they can um, lead worship in that way. It's been a challenge, right? Yeah. Um, has anyone else not seen all of their musicians or all of their team return to church? I know that, that that's our story. Um, we're in a, maybe a, a larger church. Um, it's been great uh, for those people that are serving. And I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that is and has been serving. You know, I think that's really important, you know, as Elim, just recognizing the effort that you've put in, the things that you've learned that you thought you'd never would learn, the things that you wish you'd never learned, because now you're the only person who knows how to do the upload or the editing or the, you know, the... Go, just shout at me. What's your what's your worst job that you ha you've had to do over lockdown? Editing. I've had editing on the front. Anyone else? Editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Words overlay. Has anyone really enjoyed doing that? If someone sends you a video file and you've got to sync the words so that they come over the top. I suppose that's editing as well. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> Any. Um, I was going to say. Anyone else really pleased with their online mix? Yeah, wow, I mean, it, is, it has been humbling for all of us, right? <laughs> and even those that are doing hybrid, you come away, that Sunday was amazing, everyone was there, and you check it out online and you think, oh my, oh my. <laughs> and it comes up at leadership team meeting, and you say, no, we're going to be chopping that bit out. <laughs> yeah. That's right, who, who leaves their worst moments up? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, sometimes it's just like, look, if that's how it happens, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, when we're in the recording studio, sometimes we say the track doesn't lie, i.e., you know, when someone's done a take, and you're like, was that a good take? And you're asking them, and you're like, well, we can check it. <laughs> or you can be honest and let me know, did you do a good job? And, you know, sometimes you redo it. But, um, yeah, it's been humbling for all of us, right? But, um, yeah, we all know that that's not the true reflection of how we've connected with people in the room. And, um, you know, it's, hey, it's a recording, is a recording. But um, thanks for doing that journey um, and that. But, yeah, so that's been something that uh, the Elam Sound team have uh, put some time into. And, you know, uh, we've been doing that. Also, we've got School of Worship. We're going to have a, an interview from someone that has done School of Worship for you guys. Um, I think, Moyo, you're doing that interview, aren't you? Great. Excellent. I do know what's going on. Um, and then we're going to hear from Joel, who's just going to give us some inspiration.
I just want to welcome Ian Yates. So if, you, if you're part of leading a team and you empower someone else to run a seminar and then they set you up. I've got the job of teaching you a new song, so uh, there we go. When we, when we do these conferences, it's, it's always very tricky when we kind of look at how putting a set list together and a song list together and kind of try, trying to think how can we maybe bring something fresh, bring something familiar, and maybe bring something that you know is, is, is new and um, also giving different people opportunities to lead songs. And one of the things we've always tried to do and different people got different opinions, could be good, could be bad or whatever, but it's kind of bring a new song um, to the conference. So this year we brought one new song called Give You Praise. And Stephen's volunteered me to teach it to you. So um, we're going to, I'll teach you the chorus. I think like, I don't know about you guys, there's not many upbeat songs at the moment. Is anyone else, anyone else seeing that? I don't know why. Maybe it's, it's quite hard to write something that's not cheesy. And um, so in a way, this is our kind of attempt to bring something that's upbeat. And um, just a real praise song, really. And um, if you go to the, to the bridge for us, um, the, the, I don't know about you guys, the last two years has been full of uh, highs and lows, ups and downs, and very challenging. And, um, and kind of the, the bridge idea for this song was really kind of just to be a little bit honest as well. And um, I think we do need more honesty in our songs. And so the bridge talks about when our faith is shaken, we'll stand on God's promises. And when my joy is stolen. Has anyone jo- any, anyone's joy been stolen over the last two years? Man, I was like, so much. But within it all, I've known God's faithfulness, and God is so faithful. And um, so that's what. Shall I just go, ahead. go for the chorus? It's pretty easy, so it's quite high as well. So this is challenging. I'm gonna give you praise. Wonderful. I'll do the pre-chorus as well. I'll try and get this. So, and I got a new song to sing. And I got a reason to live. Beautiful. Let's sing that. And I got a new song to sing. And I. from the shadows You hear my cry from the darkest place Call me out into freedom Set my feet on solid ground And I got a new song to sing And I got a reason to You turn sorrow into joy. You don't despise a broken heart. You see beauty in all our scars. And I got a new song to sing. And I got a reason to Oh 
from the conference and we'll have the resources for that song available on the ELM Sound website. Christian Centre, uh, Worship Director and also the Director of Elam Sound, uh, so yeah, based in London. I'm Moyo, uh, so I'm based in Birmingham uh, in a small church called Sturchley Community Church. Uh, yes, thanks, thanks. Uh, this is Ian, who just led that song for us. He is based in Bootle in Liverpool. Uh, we have Joel, who is based in Aberystwyth in North Wales, at North West, West Wales. Um, and then Stephen here in Cardiff City Church. Uh, and then there are three other people who are part of our core team uh, who aren't able to be with us here at ELS because they're all teachers. Um, and then Elim Sound is kind of like a bigger network of people as well, which we're glad to say you are all a part of serving in your local churches. And so, yeah, welcome to Elim Sound. Um, so I'm just going to do a quick interview with Alice. So one of the things that we do is a school of worship, uh, which you may or may not have heard about. So it happens on an annual basis, uh, and it's open to anyone who's part of an Elim church. Um, but also we've had lots of people uh, join the school of worship from other contexts as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do a little interview with Alice just to give you uh, a little bit of insight into an aspect of the school of worship. So, yes, you can learn about your instruments and leading in your local context and all of that sort of stuff uh, but we also offer coaching uh, and so we're just going to talk about that a little bit. Um, as Moya said my name is Alice and I'm based in Hoddesdon in Hertfordshire. Why did you do the School of Worship? I got involved with Elim through studying at Regents and I was a context-based student and in my third year um, I was placed in Hoddesdon Hertfordshire and um, so I did my the last year of my degree there and then I was offered a job at the end of that so that's where I've been ever since as a ministry assistant and I finished my study with Regents and I still really wanted something um, to be part of which was like training and developing myself as a leader and I'm really passionate about leading worship so I thought when the opportunity came up to do School of Worship I thought thought this will be really good. So that's kind of why I did it. I was really excited about the opportunity. We just want to sort of dive a little bit into the coaching aspect of it. And I guess for lots of people signing up to the School of Worship, it's a bit of a surprise element because you yeah. don't really know what to expect. Yeah. But what would you say your coaching opportunity sort of offered you? Or, yeah, how did you find that yeah. experience? Yeah, so I loved the coaching part of um, the School of Worship. Um, we had a session um, on one of our residentials, which was about explaining to us about what coaching was. And I was like, wow, they're really prepping us for this. It's really good. Because I'd kind of had um, aspects of mentoring in the past. So I kind of thought, I kind of know what this is going to be. But then um, the team started explaining what coaching was. And I was like, oh, this is a bit different. <laughs> um, just because I would describe, like, with mentoring, it's like someone really investing into, not that you don't invest into us, but like with coaching, it's very much more, instead of just receiving from a mentor, it's like kind of helping you discover your next steps from within yourself, um, as opposed to just, you know, receiving wisdom and stuff like that. So um, I was really excited about the opportunity. I think it was very different from anything I'd experienced. Um, but what I loved was that we were on a school of worship and you kind of expect everything to be about worship leading. But with coaching, it was very much like, 
So Moya, you were my coach. And um, we got to the start of the session and she was just like, well, what do you want to talk about? You could choose whatever area of ministry, of leadership, of life you want to have some input into, which is what I love that it wasn't just about the worship leading side. It was very holistic and sort of developing us as leaders. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. You said that it's holistic and it didn't have to be about worship. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit of what we spoke about in yeah, our coaching sure. sessions? And yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. So um, I had um, basically just moved into the context I'm now in about six months before the pandemic hit. So um, for me, I was really trying to get roots down and settle into my church um, placement and, and the community there and finding it really difficult to stay connected. So my first session with you was kind of, and both ses- the first two, I think, were kind of, just talking about that and um, so I think with coaching it really helped me go from a place of this is too hard I can't do anything about it to actually here are some practical solutions that I can I can make to help um, the situation so um, yeah also I think the big thing about coaching is it's a lot of questions so <laughs> I'm like Moya give me the answers and she's like no you answer the questions <laughs> so it's kind of like asking loads of questions like well what are you going to do about that and I was like um, and you know it's not the most always the most comfortable or feel good experience because actually it's in those moments of kind of having to think outside the box and get out of your comfort zone that you really have those moments of gold and that those things come out when um yeah you just realize that you can you can do things about something and even like when we decided on an action point Moya was like so how likely is it going to be that you're going to do that out of one to ten? And I'd be like, six. And she'd be like, how can we get that higher? And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> let me think. But by the end of it, <laughs> but by the end of it, you actually think, okay, I'm going to do it. And it's really motivational. Remind us, when yeah. did you do the School of Worship? What year? So I did School of Worship in 2021. Okay, so you did it through the pandemic. Yes, yeah. yeah. So this is like the first time that Alice <laughs> yeah. and I are meeting in person. Yeah, it's all been all is... online. So yeah, it's yeah. lovely. See everyone in 3D. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It is such a great opportunity. Like for us as coaches, uh, it's such a great opportunity to just invest in the person. Like the whole process is all about the person. You'd probably be aware in your worship context when you come to an evening practice or whenever you do your rehearsals, people are always coming with something and you can't necessarily just go straight to the music. You need to be able to deal with the other parts of the person so that you can lead and sing and play your part more freely. Uh, And that is why the coaching is such a valuable and important part of the School of Worship. It's just such a great opportunity uh, to serve the whole person. Who was Rachel uh, Hickson this morning was talking about the whole person, that God's invested in the whole person. And so that is what this process is all about. Would you recommend coaching to others and why? I think it is an amazing experience. And like I said, even though it's not it's not the it's challenging but really good and I think it's one of the only things of that kind of mentoring coaching that I've actually done which has led to real results and taking steps because it's so easy to just hear stuff and be really inspired but not doing anything about it but with coaching it was very much like it was it pushes you to do something which is what we want to do is there anything about the school of worship that you would that was another highlight so aside from coaching now just the school of worship in general what would you sort of recommend Well, one thing I will never forget is being thrown into, because it was all on Zoom, thrown into a breakout room with a random person and being told we had like an hour to write a song. I was like, what? This is impossible. And then getting together and having to perform our songs to everyone else and then like the timings on Zoom and it all going a bit crazy. But actually it being amazing and realising you can do it and you can do it even with these restrictions. And I think the other thing, I just felt really privileged to be part of conversations like with this amazing team and we've written all these amazing songs and just have... And just be part of the conversation with people from completely different backgrounds of church sizes, from small to, to really big. And actually, there was such a welcoming, non-judgmental kind of atmosphere where any question was really welcome. And the team were really great at helping you just explore what that could look like in your context. And loads of amazing top tips as well for stuff. So my name's Joel. This is a unique... We're not going to use the, you know, any, of the, any of the strap lines, but it's a unique season that the whole world has been through. And um, we were thinking about what might be good for us to think about as people who are involved in music, who people, I mean, I'm assuming you're here either because you're involved or you're passionate about musical worship. Um, And um, the last couple of years, I think, have been traumatic for those involved in worship music. I think we we can recognize that. Um, And a lot has happened and a lot hasn't happened. 
And we found ourselves um, having to completely, some of us, reevaluate what we do and why we do it. And um, have we got slides? We have. Look at that. Magic. And, uh, and what we thought would be a good um, thing to talk about was being back in the room and back in the flow. Because I don't know about you, but I found literally we were talking about being in a lockdown and it was like this sense of restriction. Honestly now, how many of you, when online worship started, like I'm, presu- like I'm going to make some presumptions, like, you, like your churches moved their services online. Some of you, that may not have been the case. There may not have been any kind of online provision, and so forgive me. But if your church moved its services online and had some form of sung worship, how many of you would say that your experience of engaging in that worship was had a sense of freedom and was as good as it used to be when you were back when you were in the room. Hands up. No, nobody. Oh, there's a surprise. Now, honestly, how many of you, the first time you tried the online in the lounge worship with your slippers and your pajamas on, actually stood up the first time? Go on, honestly, who stood up to, to engage? Okay, yeah, we get a few. Second time, did you stand up again? Oh, you did. Did you keep standing up the whole time? Ah, oh, trooper. I think for, for many of us, it just it was not the same, right? And, and if you're involved in music ministry as well, particularly um, your role in the life of church, your, your ministry, your, 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 what you felt like was your way of serving God was stripped away from you for a season or had to change significantly. And that came with a lot of challenges for many of us. But um, as, we, uh, as I thought about where God would want me to start from today, um, my mind went to this verse, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Should we say that together? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. And as we um, were getting ready the day before the conference, um, um, Moyo mentioned there's a, a few other members of our team. One of those is Suzanne over in Northern Ireland. And um, she texted the group, she had no idea about this, and she texted the team and she sent that verse to us on Monday um, as we were preparing for the conference here. And so I really believe that God wants to speak to the worshippers in Elim. And we've always said right from the beginning of the journey of whatever Elim sound is, it isn't a band. We've joked about that already. Uh, And when we did the first ever seminars that we used to do, we used to get everybody to say, I'm Elim sound, I'm part of Elim sound. And we really want you to know that if you are involved in music ministry in an Elim church, then we consider you to be part of Elim Sound. Don't say that just as a kind of cheesy, nice thing to say. We've always wanted to be about knowing what's happening across the whole movement. And and what you're doing is actually part of this sound that we create as a movement. And the sound, and it may be different in your community. It may sound differently. You may have a different kind of musical style, but it's all part of the same tribe that we um, we want to be in terms of being worshippers. And one of the characteristics of that is about the freedom, because it's where the Spirit of the Lord is. We're Pentecostal people. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and that's what we want. But when we went into lockdown, many of us went into a sense of shutdown. And our, our worship ministries went Many of them, in, in, in the sense of what they looked like before, uh, it became a sense of, of shutdown. COVID-19 brought a very abrupt and shocking halt to the activity of much of what we were used to doing in our churches, and particularly in our worship and music teams. Anybody else have that experience? Um, um, and we had to find new ways to lead worship online. And some people thrived. Some people suddenly found their ministry. Those people who love editing, they found their Wow, this is what we've, the world's been waiting for, lockdown, so that I could find my ministry. And that's, that's, that's it's so good that some people um, became, uh, you know, excellent at doing things that they hadn't done before or had the opportunity to express their gifting that they hadn't done before. And so some people really thrived during that season. But many, and if we're honest, the majority of our musicians and our teams uh, were isolated and were disempowered. uh, And we were unable to join together and make the joyful noise that we used to make in our rehearsals and in our services. Um, What was interesting is that some people upskilled. Did anybody learn some new skills? I learned some new skills. But a lot of people just down-tooled. 
Some people were, the, the, the few were, were upskilling and learning how to do certain things, and many of us just down-tooled. And it was really difficult to know how we were supposed to um, carry on doing what we were made to do, because we feel that this is what we were made to do. Um, and the, uh, and um, the nature of what could happen, the nature of how our worship could be expressed within our churches was confined and restricted. And actually, the only way that we could do something that worked had to have these structures placed around them. Now, this is not talking about, this is not a negativity about structure, because as I'm going to get onto shortly, I think structure is absolutely necessary if we want freedom. And we'll touch on some of that in a moment. But what happened was, all of a sudden, and I know it was a joke, but somebody said, well, no, it wasn't a joke, it was a serious point. What was the hardest thing? Learning to play to a click track. Click, click, click. Now, we, we, not, we just weren't used to it, and everything had to be structured because everything had to be ordered in a certain way. It was very literal, the lockdown literally meant that everything had to be restricted and that had an impact upon us. And so I think people were living um, musically with this sense of restriction and um, it, was, it was tough. We had to learn to like, have a home studio and we had to buy equipment and we had to suddenly have headphones that were better than the ones that came with the iPhone and we suddenly had to like, uh, you know, download the free music editing software so that we could record because the worship leader wanted their file in an MP3 format and so we needed to make sure we knew how to do that and it was, it was challenging and for many of us that would have felt very restrictive and boxed in because uh, let's be honest, as creative and I want to put in the word prophetic there as well, maybe touch on that again in a minute, but as creative people, we often like, we just want the freedom, don't we? Just let me express myself, just let me be me, let me just express who I am and express my creativity and make my music, let me have that freedom. But I want to suggest that freedom without any kind of structure is chaos. So is there a lesson we can learn from that click track? Actually, it enabled us to be on the same page. It enabled the song to, to come together. If we'd have just sent in our, if we'd have just tried to sing along to a track and then send our files in, how would that have sounded? <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. You know, just you and your random timing and me and my random timing just wouldn't have worked. We have to have the click. We have to have the beat. We have to have the structure in order to hold things together and to create the freedom that, we, um, that, that our creativity requires. Um, but structure without freedom is confinement. And I think that's what many of us experienced. Uh, obviously, that was the nature of what we were going through and it was a season that we went through. Um, but I believe in this season, as we're coming out of that, as we're moving into a new uh, time frame and a new way of doing things, there is um, a fresh opportunity to cultivate both structures and freedom and the flow in terms of what we do. And there's a need at this moment, I think, to, to shake off the restriction, to shake off that sense of having been restricted and, and, the, and the fear that came with it. There was a lot of fear flying around. So why don't you just like shake some of that off? Yeah, look at that, creative people straight in there, shaking it off, getting rid of some of that restriction. And, and, and a word for you, if you have felt that sense of restriction over these last couple of years, I just want to say shake it off. Let it go. It's, it's happened. We've dealt with it. It's, it. We've been through that season, and there may be some stuff that you need to talk through and some stuff that you need to process, but it's time to shake that off now and look ahead to what the next season might look like. And this next season gives us fresh opportunity to, for fresh structure and for uh, fresh creativity and flow and freedom. And as we bring our teams and our churches back together, it's great to see that we're all back in the room, essentially. That's, that's the message we got at the start of the meeting. Everybody's back in the room. Everyone's able to meet again. And as we bring our teams and our churches back together, there's an opportunity to bring um, new, fresh structures and new levels of prophetic freedom. I think we've got that blank slate moment that we'll probably never have again. If you want to make a blank slate, uh, a blank slate happened for your music team or for your, for your church context and what you do, you, you would have to make it happen. Whereas now we're all coming back into something 
and we're coming back into it fresh. So there's a, there's a bit of a unique opportunity to um, make sure that we build those foundations and those structures um, from the right place. And of course, we want to start with heart and, wh- and what, what worship is all about. Um, and we want um, to get people on that page and understand where we're coming from to begin with. But um, as Elim Sound, here are some things that we would want to encourage you, especially if you're involved in music in an Elim church. We believe that our worship and our music teams have a prophetic mandate. We believe that the prophetic needs to be laced into and, and, and knit, knitted into how we do what we do. Um, we would understand that, that music is a very powerful way to communicate what God is wanting to say. Uh, and, and our lyrics are a very powerful way to communicate what God is wanting to say. But we also want to have the freedom to get off the page as well and hear what God is saying in the moment. And, and we often quote um, the, uh, we, uh, it's not on there, but we often quote the fact that when David was uh, selecting worshippers for the temple, they were, had to be those who were able to prophesy as well as to play their instrument. And so we want to build that into the mentality and the way that we do things. Let's be um, prophetic in the way that we do things. Let's make sure that is part of whatever structure that we are relaunching with. Um, and uh, I actually want to suggest that this should supersede but might include anything to do with what style of music we're playing or even how excellently we're doing it. I actually think that being prophetic and hearing what God is saying is more important than how excellently we play those chords. Can I hear anybody agreeing with that? We, we, I'd, I'd rather accurately hear what God is saying and, and not be very good at you know, my instrument. However, we, we do want to be aiming for these things as well. It doesn't mean that we exclude those things. We can work towards those as well. But the prophetic mandate has got to be um, uh, right up there on our radar. And the sound, people say, well, what's Elim sound or what's the sound of Elim? Well, I believe that the sound of Elim, even in the name Elim, Elim was a place of refreshing. It was a place, palm trees and um, springs of water, it was a place of refreshing. And so I believe that Within all of our Elim churches, we have the opportunity to, to be part of, to feed into that kind of a sound. So let's be prophetic and refreshing in what we do. Um, and so, yeah, as I just said, a fresh and accurate song or word from God should trump a perfectly polished production any day of the week. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be aiming for better production qualities, better production levels. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be striving for excellence in the way that we do our music. As you see from the way that we do things, we, uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't think we do, but I think hopefully you see from the way that we do things as Elim Sound, we do strive for excellence. We do want to bring our best possible offering before God in terms of how we do it. But actually, we'd rather stand up there and hit some, some bum chords and have an accurate song or word that God wants us to communicate with than to have a perfectly polished production that looks good uh, and gives everybody a big um, tap on the back at the end. Um, So which brings me to this illustration um, because we we want this freedom and we want to be able to be set free to just create and to release this prophetic sound and to be the, uh, the, the, the musicians and the, and the creative people that we want to be. Um, and I remember hearing this illustration. I've heard it a few times over the years. The first time I heard it was a, a friend called uh, Tim Sanders, who's a worship leader, an Elim worship leader. And I remember him giving this great illustration based on this verse um, from Mark 14 and verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And you know the story, probably, um, the people around were saying, what on earth are you doing bringing this extravagant offering? We could have fed the poor, we could have done this. And Jesus says, what this woman has done is a beautiful thing and it will be talked about. And here we are talking about it 2,000 years later. So, um, But this extravagant jar of perfume, so what, what was the offering? It was what was inside the jar. But there was no way, and this was the illustration that, uh, that captured my attention and that I've thought about a lot over the years. Um, there's no way that that perfume would have made it to Jesus. The worship couldn't have got there if the structure of the jar wasn't there to carry it. And so we need the structures and we need the, the, the things in place that will help us to carry the offering that we have to Jesus. Sometimes if you're, it, we can be an extreme. We, we want everything 
like really tightly organized or we want everything free so we can just express ourselves to God. We've got to find the healthy place where those two things are held together so that we can work together and we can, and we can bring our offerings to God in a way that is constructive and helpful for everybody. Oh, that beautiful, uh, this is part of a beautiful picture called Open Heavens by Helen Youssef. I just thought that would, uh, uh, you know, be a nice little illustration of the uh, oil being poured out because we want to pour the oil of worship out to Jesus. But we have got to get that worship, that offering to him in the first place. And so we need to work out how we do that. The beautiful, extravagant, spontaneous and fragrant worship given requires the structure of the alabaster jar to make its way to Jesus. So we need to have fresh structures, fresh ways of carrying the offering, as well as the beautiful and extravagant free offering that we bring as well. So here are just some practical ideas that might help um, us to think about how we can do some of that. And listen, we're try- I'm trying to cover a lot of ground in a very short space of time. But here we go. Organize your team, your rehearsals, and your sound checks well. Ah, the cameras are coming out for this one. Okay. <laughs> Organize your teams and your structures well. Do it intentionally. Don't be slack about it. Don't be, um, as the, as if you are, if you're in charge of organizing these, don't be there 10 minutes late when everybody else has been asked there to be for seven o'clock. Don't be there at 10 past seven. Respect their time. Organize things well. Do things well. Get your rotors sorted. Make sure that everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Let's have uh, these things sorted and in place. You need to organize these things well. Um, Talk to your team about and train them in these priorities. Now, there are other priorities. The first priority we need to be training them about is about being the worshipping heart. Um, uh, We always talk about the fact that if you are not, and and this is something that maybe the pandemic has helped us to do. Um, If you are not a worshipper of Jesus on your own, in your bedroom, with your guitar or your piano or your instrumental worship track playing behind you or however you bring your offering or just your voice, if you are not a worshipper of Jesus in that place, then what are you doing thinking that you can be helping others to get into that place? So we've got to get our priorities right. We've got to train our people. And, And I'm realizing this. Some of the people that I've I've been responsible for. I've I've not. I've failed to let them know. I've just. I've been in, in some conversations recently as we've been bringing our team back together, and I'm hearing things. I'm like, I'm not sure where you've got that way of thinking from. So maybe I I've had to go back and think. Well, I, and we've gone back and recently we've started to do some more training. But right back to the basics. What is the heart of what we're doing? Why do we worship the way that we do? So let's. Train and talk to our teams about these priorities. Um, and if we want to be prophetic people, this is um, something that I always say. If you want to be um, biblically prophetic, the first place to start is the Bible. I'm not saying that every time you bring a Bible verse, it is a prophetic thing. But if you want to learn the kind of language that God speaks, which is what we're doing when we're prophesying, we're hearing what God is saying and we are releasing it to earth so that people can understand it and can apply it in their lives. If you, then, then we need to make sure that we are, um, we, are, we are biblically literate as a music team, that the Bible is part of what we do, that actually sometimes we, we stop at the start of our rehearsals or, we, or we, have a, uh, we send a Bible verse out in our WhatsApp group for our worship team and we, we are biblically literate and we're growing in that language of heaven. And then we learn to actually prophesy over each other and we actually spend time um, prophesying over ourselves, prophesying over each other, prophesying as a team. Uh, and um, we, we have said over the years, there's this um, opportunity to, to practice spontaneity. And it's not practicing the spontaneous song that you're going to sing on Sunday. It's not, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the principle, the ability to be spontaneous together. If we Probably the, most of our experiences is we get to the music rehearsal and maybe we'll say a quick prayer at the beginning and then off we go. We'll go through the song. Yeah, that's okay. Right, next song. Let's go through the next song. Well, you need to break open the alabaster jar during your music rehearsals if you want to break open the alabaster jar on your Sundays. 
So, so either make space at the end of those songs or during those songs or somehow in amongst what you're doing to, to, to be spontaneous and to prophesy over each other and learn to play music spontaneously together and do those things. Or stop, pray over one another. Just put the instruments down and prophesy over one another. Let's get this way of thinking and this way of doing things into how we operate as a team. Um, and do that individually as well. Do that at home. Let's, let's, let's have the worship journey start at home before it gets to uh, the Sunday platform or where, wherever else we have our services. Uh, and, hey, why not try and write some inspired songs together? Hear God, listen to your church leaders, hear what God is saying for your context, and don't expect it to become the next CCLI top 10 hit. I'd rather have what God is saying to me, what God is saying to my church, than whatever he's saying to Hillsong or Bethel or Maverick City. Those things are great. We use them. We are blessed by them. They are a blessing to us. But hey, let's have something that God is saying to our... Like next time your pastor's doing a preaching series, listen. <laughs> well, that's the first challenge, okay. <laughs> mm, yeah. But, but, but how about this? Hey, pastor, what's your next preaching series going to be on? Begin, right, what, 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 what book are we looking at? Or what subject are we looking at? Can I, can, I, can, can, I, can I begin to study the Bible for myself and find out what God might want to say to our church about this? And then can I find a really simple four-line chorus that will just express some of that? And can we release that into the atmosphere of our church and get those words that the pastor is speaking in, in, into people's minds in a way that is repetitive and that they will remember and that they won't forget when they walk out on a Sunday morning like they do. I'm a pastor, so I can say this. Like they do about all the things that the pastor says. <laughs> because we, uh, you've heard the phrase, we sing our theology. So, let, so let's, let's ask God, let's be led, and let's do some of those things. I do want to ask you specifically for yourself. Now, you may not be the worship leader in your church, and so you are not responsible for the, uh, the oversight of the team, or you, 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 you may not feel like you can have a massive influence upon what happens. But I want to ask you this question. How are you, whatever your context, whatever your role is, how are you going to help move your music ministry or team forward with fresh structures and fresh freedom? No matter how little or how much influence you feel you have, you can help this journey. You can, whatever it be, whether it be just holding up the hands of your music team leader and helping them to do what they do or having some conversations with them. How are you going to do that? Let's pause for a minute and I'd just like you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, would you speak to me in this moment? Holy Spirit, one tiny instruction from you is infinitely more valuable than anything else that we've said during this hour. So I'm praying now that, that every individual in this room would hear from you and would have an instruction of how you want them to move forward in the, in the, the music ministry that is represented in their hands and in their heart. Holy Spirit, would you just speak to us for a moment, Lord? Holy Spirit, come.
just sense the Holy Spirit is coming right now to refresh. He's coming with a refreshing. So just receive in faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Would you refresh your people? We breathe you in. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. tears coming. I just sense God saying, I'm bringing tears of relief. Tears of relief. Tears of relief. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've not given up on us. Thank you, God, for new days of freedom to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to encourage you as we sort of wait in this space that your church leaders, if you're not a church leader here but you're part of a worship ministry, your church leader has invited you here to be equipped and resourced to take something back to your context. And so if you're feeling hesitant to take in what Joel has shared this morning, I just want to, in afternoon, I just want to encourage you to allow it to really sink deep with you today. Because your leaders want you to take something back. Be courageous to have those conversations with your pastors or whoever it may be about the thing that God has maybe brought to mind or is birthing in you in this moment.
Lord, thank you for this time, this time of connection, this time of considering, this time of challenge, this time of fun. Thank you for this time of refreshing. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for refreshing us. And as we go back into our, our jobs and our ministries and back into serving our churches, Lord, what might have been stirred in us during this seminar, God, just cause it to take root, cause it to, to blossom and to, to flower and to really produce wonderful fruit. Thank you, God, for a new prophetic and refreshing sound, an Elam sound, God, to be released across every church in our movement. I ask this in Jesus' name. So I want to pray a blessing over us, if that's okay. Just as we were worshiping there, God said a couple of things to me, or I felt God just speaking, that it's, it starts now. We've learned some information, but just, you know, this idea that we've got to give your heart. God won't take it. You know, sometimes I look at the things that I've done myself, and I think, man, you've messed this up. Like, God, why didn't you just stop me? Why didn't you just, you know, step in? Because he's waiting for us to offer our heart. And then when we offer it, he can then take it, and he can use it, but he's waiting until we let it go. Yeah? And I just really felt that as we were worshiping, and thanks guys for leading us so well, and everything from the, this journey that you shared, of your journey of growing, um, to what we've heard in the writing new songs, and the, the, the word that Joel brought, and just a, a moment of reflection, allowing whatever we learn to be grown in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's got to be planted, planted in the Spirit, planted in our hearts. But God is not going to force on you something that you've not offered him. Because our hearts can be jaded sometimes, right? And sometimes we have to re-offer it to God. Say, Father, purify this heart. We've been going back to some of those old songs that we can connect with, that we don't have to read the lyrics. You know, they might not be the most trendy, but they've got truth in them, right? And you know what? Truth never goes out of fashion. You know, 2,000 years and longer, truth has been resounding in God's word, and it never goes out of fashion. And the truth is that he's waiting for us to offer our heart. And when we do that, he can use it. And he can use it for what? Not our glory, his glory. And so, you know, just like those tired fishermen that we heard about already that might be a bit jaded when Jesus said, throw it on the other side. We've been doing this a lot. And I just get the sense that there's lots of stories in this room of people that can say, I've been doing this a lot. I've been doing this a long time. We didn't even do that. Add the number of ministry years that is represented in this room. We haven't even added that up. And you could say, yeah, well, I've served in my church five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years that you served. Maybe even 50 years, maybe 60. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe 70. Father, we surrender once again to you. Lord, we've been led so beautifully. Led to your feet. Lord, we give our heart afresh. I'm just going to pause while you make that a personal prayer because I can't pray that prayer for you. We give our heart afresh. And Father, if you can use the little that a young boy gave you, fish and loaves, to feed 5,000 or more. Father, would you take the little but the everything I have and would you use that to bless your church? Would you use that to see the lost saved? Would you use that to change my community? Would you use that to break into my family afresh? Would you use that, Lord Father, for your glory? Would you use that for signs and wonders? Would you use that to breathe afresh into every worship team that is represented in this room? Would you breathe afresh through a simple offering of our hearts?
And I just pray for a new release of Father God's love on every heart. I pray that each heart represented here would know the love of God just flooding in right now. Because that's what needs to motivate us. Lord, I pray for every heart maybe that has, rightly so, maybe been jaded or maybe a little hard. Lord, that you would soften it by marinating it in your love. I pray blessing onto each life, each family, each church. I pray your provision, Lord Father, into each life right now. Lord, that we would know your love and we would know your blessing. Father God, and the next time we lead worship, the next time we step either onto a stage or into a church building, Lord, I pray your presence in that space. Lord, activate that now in seed form in our hearts, but may that start to germinate and bring forth fruit, fruit in season when we step out for you. Lord, I thank you for the hours of work represented by the 21st century Levites right here. The people that serve your people. The people that lead the worship. Lord, it's for your glory and we give it to you unreservedly. Strengthen us. Give us new strategies. But give us that heart of love to have compassion for the people we serve. And remind us once again that the way up is the way down. That we need to humble ourselves so that you will be glorified. In your precious name, amen. We do meet um, uh, for the worship conference and we're doing that this year in London, 11th and 12th of November. It is in London this year um, and we'd love to see you there. Um, if you would love to be there, if you'd love to bring your teams, we do a, a half night of worship and it's mainly just worship. We call it a worship burn on the Friday night. Yep. Um, there's something about worshiping into the uh, very early hours of the morning. I think there's some spiritual significance in there for those that are intercessors and do all night prayer. There is something that happens um, when we do that and we spend a bit longer in worship. Um, but also the next day is a day of training, of word, um, of being together. Um, and it's just a great time. And then we let you get back to your church for Sunday.